Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Raiders! Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever! You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization. And you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano at the 50. Time running down, Oakland football, and I think Oakland victory. The Oakland Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can win. What is up, Raider Nation? Your old buddy Murph back once again for another fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Just a quick show for you today. I had an amazing time. Uh, The last 24 hours have been just absolutely a whirlwind down at the Senior Bowl. And uh, not only had a chance to to shake hands and to meet uh, all the members of the Raiders coaching staff and general manager Mike Mayock, but also had an opportunity to, uh, you know, post up on Radio Row, man. And and we had some really cool interviews that came through 
through. We talked to Matt Schneidman of the Mercury News. Uh, he broke down not only the Raiders, kind of their draft plans, but some of the key players that the Raiders staff was looking at for the Senior Bowl. And then also we had an opportunity to sit down with Alexis Stabler and talk to her a little bit about like what it is the experience of the Senior Bowl, not only for the city of Mobile, but from the agent side of things, from the uh, kind of the, the prospective player side of things. She kind of gave us a, a cool little insight into that. And then, of course, we had to talk about her dad and, and, and the legacy uh, that he meant to not only that area of Alabama, but to the Oakland Raiders. So I just want to get this, uh, share this out with you today, these two interviews. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more. I'm going to have major details about the Senior Bowl and what the experience was, and especially uh, just kind of the overall picture of it and what it was like to meet the coaches and whatnot, all that stuff. I'll have that for you in the next episode, uh, full episode of Raiders Fan Radio, which will be number 114, and that will be back with, with myself and Uncle Mosh. And so we'll give you the full rundown of everything. In the meantime, we'll have these two interviews for you today, and then one last thing, uh, stay tuned to Raiders Fan Radio. The day of the Super Bowl, Uncle Mosh and I are going to do a Raiders Super Bowl spectacular. What you know, there's all there, you're going to be seeing 90 hours of freaking uh, NFL pregame coverage from multitude of different networks, but only one of them is going to bring you nothing but Raiders related content, and that's going to be us. And we are going to go back and we're going to look at all three of the Raiders Super Bowl wins, and we're going to go over the significance of the wins, the details of the wins, some of the more significant stats that are still relevant to today, where it fits into the lexicon of the league and the importance of just all that fun stuff. So look for that. We're going to try to do that Sunday morning or at least mid-morning uh, for, so that'll be, you know, have your coffee with me and Uncle Mosh and uh, and listen to the to the Raiders uh, coverage after you get home from church or whatnot. So anyways, good stuff there. Uh, look forward to bringing that to you and thank you as always for the support of Raiders Fan Radio. Enjoy these interviews and I will talk to you soon. Raider Nation, we are live at the Senior Bowl, and we would like to welcome to Raiders Fan Radio a writer for the Bay Area News Group, a man who's joined us here on Raiders Fan Radio before, but first time ever uh, in person. In person. And welcome, Matt Schneidman. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. How are you enjoying the Senior Bowl? Couldn't be better. Yeah? Not Good too deal. bad. Good deal. How long have you been in town for? Since Monday morning. A couple days now. Okay. I want to say I'm glad practice was canceled today, you know. Sitting out there it was a little cold yesterday, but not too bad. It's kind of ugly outside, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely uh, it's definitely pouring, and the wind is blowing, and uh, it's getting wild out there. So they moved it to an indoor practice facility mm-hmm. today. So is there going to be any kind of media coverage at all that's available to, uh, not, to not, you? Or? Not a practice. Okay. Um, I believe we have player availability around 4.30 after practice. But okay. after three media sessions with John Gruden yesterday, <laughs> and then today, that was a little too many for me. Anything, uh, anything come out of that that uh, – you want to um, share with the listeners at all? Or? A, couple, a couple small newsworthy things. Uh, quarterbacks coach Brian Callahan, new offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Raiders ha- don't have a quarterbacks coach right now. I mean, technically it's Greg Olson since you know he's offensive coordinator by title, but Gruden calls the plays. So uh, Olson will be working with quarterbacks this week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, the Raiders have a new defensive line coach, Brenton Buckner, who was the Buccaneers defensive line coach last year. Mike, yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike Turbevac, who was the D-line coach this past season. Uh, Gruden hopes to have him in sort of a senior advisory role. 
And then Marshawn Lynch, you know, we, we don't know what his future holds. He's going to be 33 in April, unrestricted free agent. You know, he ran pretty well at the beginning of last season, yeah. but it, nobody really knows yet how that groin is. Missed the last 10 games, and Gruden said he'll have more of an idea on whether Lynch even wants to play football uh, after the Super Bowl. So I think if the Raiders stay in Oakland, he'll, he'll come back. If not, then he might retire. But those are the, the three little newsworthy things. You know, Gruden said he hasn't talked to Jared Cook's agents yet. I know that's one of the big, you know, priorities for uh, the offseason, re-signing him. But Gruden expects there to be competition to sign him, as there should be, because he, he had a really good season, and this yeah. will be his last chance to get a big contract. Right, okay. Do you think the Raiders would be willing to come off a big contract for a player like that of his caliber? I mean, I, I there's a lot of good know. tight ends that are here uh, at the Senior Bowl, right? A lot it, of good draft opportunities. Right, that, and they have Darren Waller, who seems like a, a oh, promising sure. young guy who, who made some plays for them toward the end of last season. Um, the thing is, I don't know if you're going to want to pay a 31-year-old tight end what he will demand right. on the open market if you're truly rebuilding a team. Um, so he may not be worth the money, especially if they're confident in what Waller can do. So if I had to make a prediction, I would say Jerry Cook is not an Oakland Raider, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders made a push to re-sign him. Okay, good deal. Hey, I want, okay, so I want, let's back up a little bit. You mentioned D-line coach, new D-line coach, Brenton Buckner. A chance to meet him earlier. Super, super nice guy. And uh, I didn't get here yesterday. I got here today, but I was able to watch the coverage on NFL Network. And I'm talking about a guy that's in the trenches. I mean, hands on the players. Like, I mean, looked like he was having a blast. And I asked him this morning. I go, look, you're having fun. He said, that's my element, man. That's where I'm. At, that's where I'm at home. What, what do you think about the addition of him as a coach? Seems like a great fit. Yeah, I mean, he, he played nine seasons in the NFL, I believe, played for the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Steelers. Um, they need a D-line coach. I'm not saying Turgovac didn't do this because the players that I talked to last year really respected and liked him, but they had the worst defensive line in the NFL last year. They had 13 sacks, which was the fewest for any team in a season since the 2008 Chiefs had 10, I believe. And, you know, they really didn't generate any pressure. They had the second-worst run defense in the league, obviously the worst um, – pass rushing unit in the league and they're going to have to address that position so his input will be uh, valuable when it comes to that I mean I'm sure Brenton Buckner won't be making the number four pick if it's a <laughs> defensive lineman but, right. uh, I'm sure he'll have some say in evaluating uh, what I wouldn't be surprised if there are two defensive linemen the Raiders take in the first round especially with that with that fourth pick so he'll, he'll have an important role especially as the Raiders try to make their defensive line uh, something formidable this year if you had to look into your crystal ball for that number four mm-hmm. pick you mentioned defense we talked about the defensive line is it Montez Sweat is that the guy <laughs> at number four for the Raiders you know that seems a little high for him even though he I saw yeah. a play he made yesterday I mean he seems like a a, a first round guy of course yeah. and his stock seems to be rising a little bit here um but it, to me, at least from what I've seen and read and heard, uh, he, he seems to be right below that top tier of defensive linemen of, you know, Nick Bosa, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Quinn and Williams, and Ed Oliver, and, of course, Nick Bosa. And Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the other one. Uh, who, um, who chose to kind of dip exactly, out, right? Exactly, who, who he, dipped out here. of this. Um, so if I had to read into my crystal ball... I'll say Quinnen Williams at, at number okay. four. I know he's a defensive tackle. I know the Raiders took two last year, and they're happy with P.J. Hall and Mo Hurst. But uh, you take the best player, best defensive lineman available. And Williams is a converted defensive end, so he can still get after the quarterback. Okay. He's not just a run guy. 
Is that, do you think, is that going to be the focus of, you know, big shift? Obviously, Mike Mayock now general manager of the Raiders after Reggie McKenzie leaves. Uh, is there a different philosophy now then to that to that top pick, do you think, between, or what is the philosophy, I should say, change uh, mm-hmm. between Reggie and, and, and Mayock? That's interesting. I don't know since, you know. I mean, you haven't seen one yet, yeah, so it's I mean, hard May- to say. Mayock but. hasn't really revealed too much. We'll get a chance to talk to him uh, tomorrow. But last year it seemed as if they were set on an offensive lineman. They were right, set right. on a left tackle. And, you know, they won't say this, but I think they wanted Mike McGlinchey over Colton Miller. And even though McGlinchey wasn't there, they kind of settled for Miller because he was a left tackle. I think this year it just has to be you take the best player available. Okay. Whether that be an edge rusher like Josh Allen, whether it be a, a hand-in-the-ground defensive end like uh, Nick Bosa, whether, whether it be a defensive tackle on Quinton Williams, you take the best player available because any of those guys can get after the quarterback and you can't be, you know, maybe you can be a little picky at number 15 like last year. You can't be picky at, at number four. You at just got to take the best guy. So do so then what happens then at the latter part of the first round there, though? Mm-hmm. Do we Is there an opportunity to package picks to move back up? Or do we just take, do we stay with the best player available? Do we go offensive line? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think there? Right, I think Gruden really wants to stockpile as many draft picks as possible. You know, people can throw around, are they going to package some picks for, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, whoever. Uh, Well, obviously not Le'Veon Bell because he's a free agent, but um, I don't think they'll uh, get rid of those picks. I think they'll take them. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they used one of those on a wide receiver, you know, maybe a a defensive end, a guy like Jalen Ferguson, Louisiana Tech guy who's playing for the South team here this week. Um, He had... 26 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks his senior season at Louisiana Tech, and uh, he seems like an, uh, an interesting small school guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they go offense too w- with one of those picks. Take a wide receiver, maybe not a number one wide receiver, but you know maybe a guy like Debo Debo Samuel yeah. from South Carolina who's here this week as well. Yeah. Um, so I do expect them to go with a, a defensive majority in the first round, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they split that 24 and 27 pick offense defense. Okay. And then we have an early second round pick as well, right? right? So that's what this 34, is that right? 35? Something I like that. So, yeah. So it's way up there too. So 35, a, yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity there then as well with that high second rounder also. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's the the plus side if there is one of those uh, Bears and Cowboys picks being kind of pushed back since Gruden single-handedly allowed both teams to make the playoffs, but um, <laughs> Basically, not back-to-back, but in very close proximity, those picks, so you basically have your pick. Uh, so even if they don't take a wide receiver, you know, say in the first round, maybe they pick a pick a guy up, a Marquise Brown, a Debo Samuel early in the second round, because I do think they need to take a wide receiver with at least one of their first right. four picks. Okay, okay, good deal. So, uh, so any players that have stood out to you, aside from the Raiders' obvious needs, right. any other players jumped out at you, Drew Locke, anybody? I was, I was just going to say Drew Locke. I think, and... I'm not putting it out of the question that the Raiders will have Derek Carr next season. I think they will. I really do. But I don't know if Gruden is 100% said that Carr is his quarterback for the future. If something in these next couple months tells him otherwise, I would think that the Giants or the Jaguars are likely trade destinations where, you know, I would think they trade Manning 
and the sixth pick or Bortles and the seventh to the Raiders for Carr, and then the Raiders would take the quarterback there, whether that be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones, who are both playing for John Gruden this week. Okay. Um, or Dwayne Haskins, of course, from Ohio State. Or, or And then we also have, what, Kyler Murray is in Kyler there. Kyler Murray's Trace, in there. McSorley, which yeah. we know Gruden loves. Uh-huh. Like, what do you think? I mean, there's a lot of options. There's right? a lot of quarterbacks. I don't know if uh, – this quarterback class is as top-heavy as last year with Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. Um, but there seems to be a little bit of depth here with this quarterback class. Now, I don't think the Raiders will draft a quarterback because they have Carr. And, you know, you know, I shouldn't say that. Maybe they'll draft one in the later rounds if they're not, you know, A.J. McCarron. If somebody you falls down to the third or Exactly. Or you don't something. need A.J. McCarron. You don't need Nathan Peterman, really. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kept three quarterbacks. Gruden mentioned yesterday, you know, uh, one of these guys could be a number three quarterback for them. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has three quarterbacks on the active roster instead of just two. And, and one of those, a McSorley could be a fourth or fifth round pick and be the Raiders' third string quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised at yeah. all. But um, if they do trade Carr, which I don't think will happen, uh, then I think they would dip into the Locke Jones pool okay. in the first round. So you mentioned Drew Locke is a surprise. The other one, one, the one that jumped out at me was the, and I, his name's escaping me right now, the UMass wide receiver. Andy Isabella. That's yeah. him. Is, he, uh-huh. is that somebody else that you've taken notice of or anybody else? Yeah, I mean, his measurements are like me. He looks like me, but um, I think <laughs> but he's... But he probably runs a lot faster than He probably than runs you. a lot faster than me. <laughs> I think he's like 5'8", 180 is what he weighed in okay. as yesterday. And, you know, I'm like 6'1", 170, but... Gruden said yesterday, you know, he loves Isabella. How can you not? Like, that that's the kind of guy that Gruden loves, a, a slot guy. The grinder, right? The, grind, the, grind, the Gruden yeah. grinder, like the slot guy. It's like a Hunter Renfro here, too, kind okay. of a, kind of a same deal. Um, now, would they go for a slot guy? You know, they're getting comparisons maybe just because of stature to, you know, a, a Julian Edelman or right. a Ryan Switzer or other slot guys in the NFL. I don't think they're early round picks, but okay. middle of the rounds, if the Raiders need a slot receiver and they don't, you know, want to bring Seth Roberts back, then then why not? Absolutely. It's, and that's uh, almost like what they were doing with Switzer, right? right. Headed towards that direction. Um, and yeah, like when I saw, uh, I'm sorry, say his name one more time. The Andy Isabella. Isabella, yeah. thank you. When I saw him, he just like screams Patriot to me. Right. It's like they had the corner on five nine white guys for like ever, right? right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And put him in some Woodhead and all the Edelman and Welker and everybody. I just immediately thought, I'm like, man, that guy's going to be a Bill Belichick Patriot. would probably make him into a... A pretty good absolute right? caliber yeah, player. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, good deal. We we'll appreciate you joining us. Yeah, here on no Raiders problem. Fan Thank this, you. This has been awesome. Anything else you want to share with Raider Nation out there before we, before we let you go? You got what? We got two, three more days, or no? Really, you're gonna be here till Saturday, aren't you? I'll be here till Friday. Not staying for the. You're game. not staying for the game. Not staying okay. for the game. But okay. uh, we'll get Mayock tomorrow. Gruden tomorrow. Uh, some players later today. So, still some stuff to come. I think the Raiders will be better this year. Do I think they'll make the playoffs? Uh, nope. But we'll see. <laughs> eight and eight? For, well, Is for, that fair? Uh, I think it'll be worse than that. But first, they need Are we going to be able to beat the guys next to us? And I'm talking about the Broncos table? They need a quarterback. Their quarterback's terrible. <laughs> but the Raiders need a home stadium for 2019. That's true. They've got about a, a week and a half to figure that one out. I was so. just going to ask you that. Any any updates on there? On, mm-hmm. Is they're, it still as up in quiet. the air as it it's sounds as like? It's up in the air as it sounds. I think the NFL will wait till after the Super Bowl to announce it because that will obviously be big news. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I really have no idea where I'm going to live in a couple months. Wow. So are you going to cover the team regardless? Yeah, I mean, unless they move to London because that would just be – unmanageable but i think they'll stay in the bay area okay in which case they'll i mean i think even if they play in san diego they'll practice in alameda they'll stay in alameda exactly. right so then it's uh do you think levi's is that kind of the leader in the clubhouse 
No I would pun think intended. so. If I if I had to, you know, take a wild guess, I know Mark Davis doesn't want to be the 49ers, you know, little brother, quote unquote. Um, Oracle Park, the the Giants' newly renamed stadium. I think Oakland Coliseum still still a viable option okay. if Mark Davis wants to suck it up and you know pay that money but the tensions are there obviously with the city suing the Raiders but we'll see logistics is Levi's right that makes the most sense like it's a correct I mean it's got to be the easiest move for the NFL it looks good on TV like you know especially when you put a bunch of silver and black instead of red seats right you know what I mean actually put fans in it right Um, but I got to imagine that's where they would want it to be but correct yeah so Oracle Park, though, that's interesting. That's the one that I, I thought would be literally turning your back on Oakland, right? So, right, exactly. Like, you know, that would be a kind uh-huh. of a, a shot across the bow, yeah. you know. I don't need to see the Raiders play on another baseball field. That was what I thought, though. I'm like, are they going to really play on another infield? Yeah, I'm like, exactly. how funny is that? Like, well, Gruden great. loves it. He said last year he, he wants every NFL stadium to have infield dirt, which is like <laughs> psycho. But. So are you going to cover when they go to Vegas then? Or are you staying uh, Or do you not sure? I, I, TBD. 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 Okay. I don't know what I'm having for lunch today. So. Okay. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck with everything. <laughs> appreciate man. A lot that. of stuff in, in flux and always appreciate your time. Appreciate and it. You, you sharing it with us here at Raiders Fan Radio. I know the fans love to hear from you. And so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the rest of the week and uh, go Raiders. Thank you for having me. Appreciate right. it. Absolutely. All right, Raider Nation, we are once again live here back at the Senior Bowl, and we would like to welcome a veteran to Raiders Fan Radio, somebody that's joined us once again, or once before, uh, virtually last time via the telephone, but this time in person. We'd like to welcome uh, NFLPA certified agent, licensed attorney, and the name is no coincidence, she's the daughter of Hall of Famer and Raiders legend, Kenny Stabler. Welcome, Alexa Stabler. Thank you very much. Great to have you back here on, on Raiders Fan Radios. It's been almost a year, I guess, since... Wow, since, has since it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, since since we talked last, and so appreciate you uh, sharing your time with us today uh, here on on Radio Row. So uh, for a little podcast like ours, this we feel like we hit the big time by doing this. So <laughs> welcome appreci- to Mobile. <laughs> Thank you very much. So this is I would say uh, welcome back to you, but this is kind of your stomping grounds, isn't it? This is home. I was born here in Mobile, grew up about an hour away in Orange Beach, and back home here in Mobile, Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> okay, good deal. And so your practice is here. Your, your yeah. everything is here, huh? It's wonderful work. Coming comes to me this week every January. <laughs> That's all cool. 32 come here to Mobile. So that is really cool. Convenient. And you went to Alabama, right? I went to Alabama with so, Alabama Law and I live in Alabama. So did you uh, are you recovered from the national championship yet? Oh man, I didn't expect you to bring that up. I <laughs> so I got throw a curveball right off the bat. Who saw that coming? Not me. Not me on, at all. Well, now you only have, what, 27 other national championships to, to be proud of, right? Or however many that Alabama's won. It's a little comfort, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, um, you met you from Mobile, the Senior Bowl. This is the 70th uh, edition of the Senior Bowl. What does this game mean to Mobile itself? What, is it, what does it represent? What is it all about? The Senior Bowl is so important to Mobile. Football is of huge importance in Alabama, but largely our focus here is on college football. This is the state of Alabama is the king of college football with Alabama, with Auburn, big time programs. Alabama just played in the national championship, but we don't have pro football um, in Alabama. We don't have an NFL team here in Alabama, never have. And the closest team is probably the Saints, a couple hours away, at least in this part of the state, or the Falcons, or the people in Birmingham. Um, so it's really cool to have all the teams come here in Mobile and have all you see the team personnel and these top players. And it's really cool that local kids get to come out and meet the guys that they're going to see on TV on Sundays next year. Uh-huh. And um, 
we really try to roll out the red carpet for uh, for the league and the players and the fans. That's cool. So you mentioned the game kind of comes to you. So once a year, you don't have to travel to the draft or travel to the teams. It comes to you. So do you have players playing in the game th- th- this year? Any, anything you want to tell us about there? Or? So I had um, a quarterback last year, Brandon Silvers, um, who's actually going to be playing in the new Alliance League um, oh, cool. here coming up. Okay. Yeah, so I don't have any uh, senior bowl players this year, um, but I have gone through that process with having a player in the game, and it was especially important for him because he's from my hometown as well. So oh. essentially a local kid getting to come here and um, play in the game. He watched us as a child in the stands. Okay, good. So you mentioned the Alliance uh, Football League. Mm-hmm. I saw some XFL folks here earlier oh. too. Is that if you had been in talks with those other leagues as well, the startup leagues? Along yeah. With the NFL? Yeah. So I have a player um, signed to the Alliance right now, and they're in training camp in San Antonio. So I'm really excited. You know, this is the first year in a long time that football doesn't end um, in February. Oh, they uh-huh. really kick off in February. So um, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, people can pick their secondary team and, and get a new season started <laughs> all up again. And I'm excited about the XFL. I'm excited about just more opportunities for players to make a living playing the game that they love. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think there's an appetite out there to support it. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, you read these reports that people are concerned about the long-term viability of football, but the every indication with all these new leagues indicates that that's just not the case. It's right. alive and well and <laughs> right, growing. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it gives uh, guys like me other excuses to start new shows, right? We'll have our XFL show and our Alliance go. football show, right? So that is really – so you, this all really sets up – this game really sets up for the draft. Now, you had players drafted last year, uh, J.K. Scott, mm-hmm. uh, who's a punter for the, the Packers. Right. Um, what is that experience like for you, the draft? And are you going to Nashville this year? And how's all that – How's all that work? The draft is wonderful because uh, it's finally when the player realizes this is where home is, at least for the summer until the roster cuts are made. And, wow, I get to start my career and um, be paid for this game that I've been playing and giving my time and my energy and love to for at least the last, you know, 10 years in most cases mm-hmm. um, so it's really cool especially my first year as an agent having a player drafted was beyond my expectations and to have it be JK who you know the Raiders drafted a punter right I after know he- I know we were rooting for that one big time I know you were too that would almost been too good to be true but um, but now he's uh, he's in Green Bay he's happy he had a great rookie season um, he has a bright future ahead of him uh, this year for the draft I'm happy it's in Nashville, not too far away from yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I hope um, I hope I have a player drafted, but you know, that's not up to me. That's up to these guys here that are right, <laughs> gathering right, in yeah. Mobile. Um, but I, I just love working with my guys. You know, I saw what my dad went through, good, bad, happy, sad with football, and um, I just want to treat them how I wish he, you know, someone would treat him. Yeah, okay. So how does that work? You know, we see, you know, here in, you know, in the lobby and just everything, there's, there's a lot of agents, there's a lot of scouts, and obviously a lot of players. How does that, what is that process like for you, like being in it? Is it, is it, are you selling? Like, are you just, are you connecting, networking? Like, what is that process like? Yeah. Well, you know, I will, to give the, to speak to the NFL scouting process, I will say they, they know how to do their job. 
if you can play and you have the talent, they will find you regardless of where you are and what position you play and what you've got going on. They're very good at their jobs. And uh, so, you know, I think my job is, is to really advocate for my players, okay. facilitate the communication, make sure they are where they need to be. Um, but like what, on time and that kind yes. of stuff. Don't miss meetings and all right. that. Yeah. You need to get to the airport two hours before the plane, <laughs> okay. things like that. Do you have your ID? Um, but, I, you know, I love it. I look at them like my little brothers. They keep me laughing all day, every day, and it's just a trip. It is, You know, I'm lucky that, you know, my dad was my dad and not one of my players because I can only imagine the headaches that he gave his agent and the people around him. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's a roller coaster just like any other job, but I love it. How does your dad's influence and obviously your connection back to your dad, how does that work with the players? Do they, you know, do they have an awareness of your dad? Does it give you immediate credibility? Like, how does that, because like you mentioned, you're wanting to provide them in an atmosphere and an experience that, you know, is positive based on, you know, that's using your dad's example and the negative things maybe that he had to deal with. You're trying to remove that from the equation. So how much of an awareness do they have of all of that? And how much is, are they aware when you bring those things to the table? Absolutely. You know, the players now are so young. They're most of the guys I work with, you know, when we initially meet are 21, maybe 22. Okay. So they're generally not aware of my dad. Yeah. But when I sit down with them, usually they're with a coach or they're with a parent or a relative or someone that's helping them in the agent selection process. And they generally are aware, especially okay. here in Alabama. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my dad played at Alabama. We're from here. So there's some name recognition, and that certainly helps. But ultimately, my dad inspired me to do this. He's 100% the reason, percent the reason I do this, that I work with players. Um, in a sense, I feel like my whole life prepared me to do this job. Um, but the, I, what I hope is that my message just resonates with the players, regardless of my dad, regardless of my last name, that they can see I genuinely care. Yeah. I'm there to protect their long-term interests, to be their advocate, to be their sounding board, to be their counselor, to be whatever they need to succeed on the field. Because ultimately, if they can play well, if they can succeed on the field, everything else will take care of itself. The opportunities will come through. They'll build a foundation for themselves and their families. Um, so I like to, you know, sound out those distractions, uh, kind of give them some tunnel vision, just focus on the game, <laughs> yeah. and let me worry about the rest. So, you know, you mentioned being an advocate for 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 the the, the teams and the sport and. How much of a fan are you? I mean, obviously, you you, you got to represent your players to all 32 teams, so you're not going to be biased. But your dad is Kenny freaking Stabler, for crying out loud. So how much of a fan is, do you still – how much fandom do you still have? And how, how much can you be a fan, I guess, even, is the question. Look, I was born a Raiders fan. I'll die a Raiders fan. Um, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. <laughs> I, I wanted the Raiders to draft J.K. so bad. But ultimately, um, my job and I, is to look out for their best interests. And if that means that they need to make a decision that's not in line with my fandom, <laughs> then I would be doing them a disservice to suggest sure. otherwise. Sure. Um, because this is their life. This is their livelihood. This is their career. They've been working their whole lives toward. This is what they're doing to take care of their family. Um, you know, that said, on Sundays, I cheer for the Raiders. Always have, always will. Um, I bleed black and silver like everyone else listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um, and, you know, I think my 
I think that my heart will explode the day I get to represent a Raider. Oh, that's that awesome. hasn't happened yet, but I, I'm optimistic it will. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. So we, you would even advocate for one of your players to be drafted by these guys next to us. We're like, we're sitting next to the Denver Broncos table, <laughs> Alexa. They, they did that on purpose. I feel like we have to whisper really quietly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they didn't do that on purpose, didn't they? Uh, no funny. Well, good deal. Well, we are really, again, we really appreciate your, your time today. Any, you know, we asked you last time for a message to Raider Nation, but you would, is there anything you'd like to say? And like I said, it's been about a year since we've talked to you. Kind of had a season of ups and downs. We had some great moments, you know, beating the Steelers, of course, beating the Broncos, and uh, but a lot of transition going on with the team. You got any, uh, a message to the fans, a message to Raider Nation out there? I'm staying positive, and I hope they will, too. I'm so excited for this draft. I think they're going to load up on talent. I'm excited about uh, the new GM. I think this is this is there's a lot of exciting stuff on the front. I know the the move has been a, um, a divisive issue, but ultimately at the end of the day, the Raiders are the Raiders, and um, and I think this is going to be a good year. Awesome, awesome. The Raiders, right? It doesn't the matter what Raiders. season. The Raider Nation is global, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, thank you again for your time, Alexa. Appreciate you joining us here uh, live at the Senior Bowl. This is this has been awesome and great to meet you in person. Thank you so much. All right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh, he twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you want to, you if you want to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us on the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. 
Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.